This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hello everyone, welcome back to another Swans Cast podcast. I'm delighted this week to be joined by Ben. Welcome back, Ben. Hi, are we okay? And Jordan is back after a long time, so welcome back, Jordan. Thank you very much. Been way over a year now, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's... I could be back on. No, we appreciate you having you as me, really. I'm just bad at planning and asking in advance. But we got you now, and that's the important thing. So today's agenda, we've obviously got a couple of games to talk about since the last podcast. I believe we last spoke about getting humiliated at Bournemouth. Luckily, we haven't been as humiliated since, and the performances have improved, but we've got nothing to show for it. So we've got two games, Swansea's defeat away at Leicester and defeat at home to Plymouth. We'll obviously kind of touch on the trip to Hull, which will be tomorrow, if you're watching this on Friday evening when we record it. It depends when it goes live. It's on Saturday. Uh, we're recording this Friday evening on the 9th. We'll also review the transfer window as well and kind of give our take on Swansea's business in and out. Um, not that there's that much to talk about, but I guess that's a topic in itself. So, um, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll talk about the games first. So, let's... We don't have to necessarily go in detail about Leicester and in detail about Plymouth, but let's just talk about um, how the development of play style and how the squad is playing under Luke Williams. Uh, I didn't manage to catch the full games myself. I saw quite a bit of both, but um, unfortunately in and out of work and stuff, like I try and get as much as I can in. So starting at Leicester, early goal really killed us off because I thought actually we played okay. What's your initial observations then, Jordan, of how we played away at Leicester? Well, I, I think you can see in the second half, <clears throat> like that's that's the way that we're going to try and play under Luke Williams. Like you said, I think that first goal was the one that really killed us off. And the questionable penalty decision, me personally, I think the Swans would have gone on and got a goal if that penalty decision didn't happen. Yeah, well, we did get a goal in the end, so... Either, yeah, but I think we really would have kept on pushing, but you could see how deflated the players were when that incident happened. No penalty know, I, for I, you then, I, no? I, You're I, certain I, on that? Yeah, it's either going to want to 
not going to want to do sorry. You said his side are going to concede goals. Yeah. But I, the, the concerning thing for me is I just don't really see where the goals are going to start flying in on a consistent basis for me. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. That's probably a bigger topic of the two games is the scoring goals element and maybe Jerry mm. Yates. Um, but Ben, what about your views on our away trip to Leicester? Without actually seeing the game, it just sounds like there were some promising signs there. But at the end of the day, a dodgy decision as well as just you know pure quality from the opposition. Yeah. It's, it's always difficult, especially when you're playing the teams at the top of the league. You've seen throughout the entire season, we really haven't fared well against any of the top four sides. Which is a bit concerned when you look at the fixtures we got coming up now as well. Yeah, well, I, I saw I did watch most of the Leicester game. I was let down by the streaming standard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, um, because I wasn't at home, I was watching it on my phone, and it just, you know what it's like. But um, I did manage to watch a lot of it. I watched all the first half, um, and I thought we were going to get dropped. When I saw that first goal go in, I thought, oh, God, because obviously this was immediately after Bournemouth, and it was like, oh, we need to do better, all that, all the talk. And then what was it, like four minutes or something ridiculous? Three, three minutes the goal was, and... The frustrating thing about it was Jerry Yates probably could have scored immediately before this happened. So we went up that end. He had a kind of a one-on-one with the keeper. And he, it was, to be fair, it was a difficult angle for him on this occasion. But he had the first chance of the game. From that resulting goal kick, they went down the other end. We had an insanely high and flat line, which allowed Drewsbury Hall to kind of break break the offside trap. And he, he literally had half the pitch to run at Rushworth on his own and obviously started home. So I was thinking the worst when I saw that. Um, although, to be fair, they did improve defensively in the Leicester game. You obviously mentioned the penalty, Jordan. That was maybe what you know secured the points for Leicester because we were growing into the game, I think, after we went one and down. We were a bit maybe dodgy the first 10, 15 minutes, but the longer the first half went on, we grew into the game. And I think we started quite well in the second half. And yeah, the penalty kind of knocked our stuffing out a bit and they scored a third quite quickly after. Um, yeah. Maybe some suspect play on the ball. But we've, we've seen quite a bit of that already and we, we know that's what we can expect. Nice to see us get a goal at the end and Joe Allen scoring. Um, yeah, any other takeaways from Leicester, Jord? There's nothing there to add, to be honest. But I gotta say, I was really happy to see Joe Allen on the score sheet. Really, really happy. Um, it's just a shame that he can't stay fit anymore. Yeah, because I, I, I think we're a better team when he starts. To be honest, like if there was a fully fit Joe Allen, then obviously he comes in for someone like Jay Fulton. And that's not me slagging Jay Fulton off. I just don't see Jay Fulton as a starter anymore. We just play better with Joe Allen. So yeah, yeah. it's a shame. Um, Shame that he can't stay fit, but nice to see him get on the score sheet. It'd be interesting to you take on Jay Fallon because we've defended him quite a lot on this podcast. And Ben's probably been there <laughs> in the middle of the year in it all. More, yeah. more, more so the whole Charlie Patino Jay Felton debate. Um, not to weigh into that directly here, but I did find it interesting how Patino actually didn't get on the pitch in this game and Joe Allen did. So, what does that say about maybe Patino's place in the pecking order, Ben? Do you think? It's a strange one, isn't it? There's been talk all season. Is it attitude? Is it fitness? Is it, you know, just a falling out with the manager, brought onto a second manager, now still well, third, really. Well, yeah, if you discard the interim, two permanent managers then. Yeah. Still not, you know, exactly favoured. So 
you know, only the people are behind the scenes really know the answer to it, but it does sort of seem to suggest that Fulton's ahead, potentially Allen's ahead if he's fit, and obviously Grimes' is first name on the team sheet, so it could just be like this for the rest of the year until the season's over now for Patino. He did feature against Plymouth. Uh believe, yeah, he came on as a substitute in the second half, didn't he? I don't know if Joe Allen, did Joe Allen come on in the Plymouth game? Um, I'll, get, I'll get it up now. I should have had it in front of me. I will double check that one. Um, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. So it was Patino that came on against Plymouth. So I'm wondering, like, is he looking at the opposition and just wondering who's going to work better here? I guess we'll have a better knowledge of that and or a bigger sample size. It is still early days. I'm wondering if the Leicester game was, was obviously just before the transfer deadline passed. Maybe there was something from Arsenal to say about his playtime in January. Do you think that's is there anything behind that? I've heard some rumours or people suggesting as such. Isn't it? It's yeah. really difficult to tell. It doesn't seem to have had any impact if there has been word. You, you, don't, you don't feel like Arsenal are annoyed with us in any way because he's still here and we have now have a second player on loan from Arsenal, however. So yeah. we clearly haven't mistreated him. No, I saw it as more of like if there is potentially interest elsewhere, they want him playing less just in case he gets injured, you know. Mm. I think he was linked to uh, Juventus when I like, he was linked to a couple of Italian clubs. I saw. Yeah, but I don't but know I don't how much substance was there because they were they were they were named a lot, but then nothing really happened, did it? Yeah, apparently there was a Juventus scout at the Morecambe game, and uh, <laughs> I don't really know what would have made of that to be honest. <laughs> Definitely didn't pick the right game to come down to um, to Not watch, but I'm sure he enjoyed. I'm sure he enjoyed that pinnacle of the British football scene. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I know you mentioned you don't see Jay Felton as a starter. I think I agree with you that we need an upgrade in that position. Um, I do think Alan, yeah, he probably had a decent game when he came on at Leicester, but if you look at his performance, maybe all the midfield, all of the squad, I guess, really, in the Bournemouth game, you know, he, he was quite poor as well there. Um, not to say they all weren't necessarily, but at least Felton, I guess, has got a few more years in him. I don't think he has deserved the criticism that he has got this season as a whole. Not to say he can never be criticised. And I think the main point we usually make here is um, usually it's like Patino is this uh, amazing player, Felton is awful, and there's no in-between, basically. We're just saying sometimes Patino makes mistakes that you can criticise and Felton is probably a bit of a scapegoat on occasions. But I think Patino is a quality player, and I would like to see more of him. But there's clearly something there to suggest. I don't know if not all is right, but like three managers this season have been in charge and not selected him. There must be more to it. I'm sort of a, of the opinion, because we don't have somebody who's compatible with Grimes right now, he's better off on his own, and we just have another t- a number 10 ahead of him, to be honest. I feel like Grimes thrives when he has space around him to receive yeah. the ball open up. It yeah. creates different angles yeah. from the player. Sometimes having a midfield partner right next to him actually hampers him a little bit. Well, he's gone with the sort of system now, hasn't he, of playing four at the back. It looked like he was going to try and implement the five when he first came in. Whether, I don't know which game was the nail in the coffin for that. Was it the Bournemouth game, potentially? It's a bit difficult sometimes to tell if it is a four or five. But it does look like, especially with the sign-ins they've made, they are looking at four, two, three, one or at least some system with wingers rather than wing-backs. 
So mm. do, do you think it's likely Grimes will play on his own in the midfield in, if they are to stick with that sort of system? Not with a former back, no, because then we get overrun on the counter. Yeah. But I think the issue as well with that five of the back system, all our right wing backs are injured. It's, it's bizarre, really, when you think how long Latibordia and Russell Martin was at right wing back for us out of position. He just played 90 minutes at a time, never got injured yeah. until right near yeah. the end of the season. We actually have options now, but none of them can stay fit. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's annoying, really, isn't it? Yeah, Ashby's injured again, isn't he? So apparently yeah. it's, not, it's not looking great again for him. Ashby, uh, Key, Parker, even Abdullah, who's played yeah. there a little bit. Abd- Abdullah, apparently, no, Abdullah, sorry, Parker, out for the season by all accounts. Um, on the, the injury season. news, out for the season, yeah, well, probably. They, they don't expect him to come back this season, but... That's a shame, because he was looking quite promising, he was. When he um, made his debut up in Coventry, yeah. he looked really... I don't think he made his debut in Coventry, did he? I think he had, like, a... Do you have a sub appearance? No, I think he's, he's made two or three league appearances, and it's just taken away so quick, isn't it? It's, it's a shame. Yeah, massive shame because uh, I think he would have been a regular by now. I know it's one of those things where he's only young, and you've got to be careful in terms of like how you integrate him into the squad. But I, I think he's more than capable. Yeah. More than capable of uh, even like just sitting on our bench at the moment and getting minutes here and there. I wouldn't have put him back in the academy. I would have put him straight into the squad. I mean, Kyle Norton started the last game against Plymouth at right back, which I think actually did quite well, to be fair, considering the lack of game time he's had in the last year or so. I think he slotted in and did quite a good job, to be fair to him. And he's played a lot of his time as centre-back when he has played. But I definitely think if Sam Parker is available, Kyle Norton probably isn't starting. Even at right back, I think because Sam Parker can obviously play wing back, right back, right wing, and I think he would have definitely started. It would be interesting. I, I think with the signings, he's going to keep with the wingers now. So, do the how the fullbacks fit in, or does he incorporate the system where they still push on quite a lot, and one of the midfielders drops in? It would be see, interesting to see how this kind of transitions over time. I think you've got to do with timing because he really doesn't suit the back four where he's asked to sit deep. He was probably, under Michael Duff, he looked really uncomfortable, got, got beaten by one-on-one duels frequently, but he's got a new lease of life now in this new system. He looks like a completely different player. <laughs> Someone who, you know, probably, considering how poor our transfer window was, he was in the same bracket as our other signings for me until this switch. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, two and a half million. It's not like a bargain, but it's justified, I think, if he keeps playing like he is. Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I agree. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on Tymon, uh, Jordan. I've got to be honest, when he first signed, and having watched the first few games, I I weren't sold on the fact that he was a £2 million player. I've got to be honest, I, I didn't like the idea of it, but I'm, I'm exactly the same with Ben there. The minute this, the change come in, you're starting to see why we did spend a little bit of money on him. Yeah. So, like, since that change, he's been one of our better players. Time on. It's just a shame we haven't got someone on the other side like Josh Key at the minute. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully Josh Key can come back and regain fitness because he was the bright spark for the first half of the season in mm. what was a poor period under Michael Duff. He was the one that was kind of standing out quite often. Uh, time and now. I do agree with both of you, actually. I think I said on the podcast before, wasn't uh, convinced by him, really. I didn't think he... You know, he was replacing Ryan Manning, and for me, I... I could see what we'd lost more than 
what we'd gained and had a negative effect considering we signed Ryan Mann on a free, left on a free, and then we paid quite a d- decent fee for what we have spent since we've been in the championship on Josh Tymon. Um, but he has definitely upped his game in the last few weeks since the change of system and change of manager. So fair play, obviously, there's definitely a player in there and I hope we can continue to see um, him develop and grow. I just thought he was suspect defensively on times under Michael Duff. And, well, I guess that could be seen said for a lot of the squad, but yeah, <clears throat> not necessarily that it's not still the case now, but we know there's maybe more reasons for a lot of the mistakes at the moment and hopefully they can iron them out of the game. Uh, it's going into the Plymouth match specifically then, while we're on the, the defence topic. Bashir Humphreys made way in the back uh, back four for Ben Cabango. On him specifically, I think he's quite struggled to adapt this new way of playing, which maybe is a bit of a surprise coming in on loan from Chelsea with a player who's you know tipped for England credentials. Um, ben, what, what, what do you make of Bashir Humphreys so far? Do you think he's got a future under Luke Williams here or maybe he's just going to fizzle out and be shipped back to Chelsea in the summer? I think he's got a future. Maybe he just won't reach the heights that we'd all hoped he would in the summer. It is a surprise, like you say, particularly because one of his key traits that you know he was boasted about when he came in was his ability to use both feet. So it was kind of surprising when you put him in the system, you thought he'd stand out a bit and be more like Nathan Wood and Darling than perhaps yeah. like Bango's recently uh, been playing. At the minute, though, now that Darling's injured, you're struggling to really name your centre-backs because it's only really Wood that's on a bit of form for me. I think Wood did decent against Plymouth, but he sort of had to carry Gabango through large portions of the game. Humphreys probably would have been much similar because he's, he struggled, particularly with getting pressed, which I, I am shocked at, if I'm honest. Yeah, the press has absolutely killed uh, Humphreys. I've seen him in a couple of games. We went up to Birmingham and our oh, heart and mouth moments were... Yeah, it was not fun to watch. Let's just say that. Um, Jordan, Bashir Humphreys for you. i got to be careful when it comes to centre-backs that we've had on loan. So I think one of the first times I come on here and ask me about what signing am I really looking forward to when I said Reese Williams. So i I got to be, be remember centre-backs on loan. But part of me feels it's in the Patino bracket as well with Luke Williams. Is he looking up potential players now? Like, I know he's probably a bit more forced with Humphreys to play, but I can't help but feel at some point during the season when our centre-backs are fully fit that he's going to fizzle out a bit because he knows that yeah. Humphreys isn't going to be here next season. And I don't know whether it's the same with Patino as well. Is he on limited minutes at the moment? Because Williams knows he ain't going to be here next season. So, it's an interesting one, but i got to be honest, I can't really say fully and honestly what I think of Bashir Humphreys at the moment. Um, but I, fine. I, I do I do echo pretty much what Ben has said. You know, Whenever there's any sort of pressing game, Humphreys struggles massively. Yeah, definitely does. It's, he, he can't seem to make the decisions quick enough to get the ball away and he's always forced into a position to just do something and often that something is probably worse, the worst thing he can do that's probably the nicest way to put it from what I've seen and uh, high press from him but hopefully he can improve um, obviously sharp contrast to what Duff was doing and the other guys would have been here under Russell Martin so as much as they would have taken a few games to readjust I would imagine it will come back to them 
because they would have needed to be doing this for the last two years beforehand or years, yeah. depending on when they came in to the team. Uh, obviously, Cal Norton was the other one there. Uh, we just kind of touched on him. I think he had a solid game. Um, I mean, the result against Plymouth, we talked about the defence, obviously. Uh, they they didn't get what they deserved performance-wise. I think it's fair to say. I was frustrated afterwards. Usually, right, when, when me and Lee will chat after the games and he's always the one that's all doom and gloom and negative and um, not in a bad way. I think the emotions are high. You see the result and it's like end of the world. And I'm there trying to logically say, oh, it's okay, it's not that bad. Let's look at the long term. But it was kind of flipped a little bit. Not that I was doom and gloom, but I was like, look, it's all well and good having these good performances like against Leicester or second half against Southampton or whatever. But... You know, the games aren't getting easier. You've got Hull and Leeds. And at what stage does it just... You just need to start getting something, you know? We're like, this would be fine if it was the start of the season. And you're like, yeah, it'll come, it will come. But what if it comes too late? And I'm sure it won't, but I guess that's a conversation that we can have. It's, I think it's fair to say we kind of battered Plymouth in a way. So we had 71% yeah. of the ball, 20 shots on target... Uh, sorry, 20 shots against their nine, four on target against their three. But... It screamed a classic. We lost 1-0 after having all of the ball. Um, that happened so often under Russell Martin. And it was the kind of like, yeah, here we go again. This is this is what we do now. Um, h- how does the performance make you both feel for the rest of the season, considering we're now only sitting five points ahead of relegation as it stands? We don't have the luxury of time. So how how are you feeling going into the rest of the season, Ben? It made me quite optimistic, to be honest. It wasn't as if we, you know, had all this possession, we were shooting, but we were shooting from range, not having good chances. We created clear goal scoring opportunities. It, I think Hazard in goals, however you pronounce it, sorry, in goals for them. Had a brilliant game, he got them three points. Mm. You know, we had Patino point blank range, Yates point blank range, Patterson had a couple of good chances as well. Like on another day, you know, it's a comfortable 2-1 victory, I think. Plymouth aren't even that good with set pieces. That's probably what annoyed me as well. They really don't score that many. So, you know, a routine that they clearly... They probably saved it for us. You know, if you know, it was laid off for Whittaker, they made yeah. Whittaker captain for the day. I have a hunt. They've had that in their back pocket for a few weeks. They've saved it for was us. Whittaker captain was there. I didn't notice that. Captain for the day, yeah. And also, you know, this, you know, because we've been focusing so heavily on possession and training, maybe they're thinking, oh, they wouldn't have focused so much on defending set pieces. We'll have this one in our back pocket. I mean, no one was even near him. It was frustrating. So I watched that back just before this, just so I could discuss this goal. Um, and I looked at it in a bit of detail. And I haven't really seen that many people talking about fault. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, I was a well-worked routine. Sometimes you've just got to give it to them. You know, it, it was a good finish. I take credit with good to that. But there is fault for me. And it's Ollie Cooper. Whitaker yeah. was Ollie Cooper's man. And maybe I'll give Ollie Cooper the benefit of the doubt because he's hardly kicked a ball this year. So I understand why maybe the rustiness is there when it comes to marking in the high pace environment of an actual match. Not that it's an excuse, but I get where it's come from. But he kind of like tracks Whitaker's run, runs into his own man, and then just is nowhere while Whitaker's got acres of space. But it is Ollie Cooper's man, and he he's the one that loses him and allows that run and allows him to be in the space. So it is preventable as much as he was a good set piece. It is kind of our own fault that the opportunity was also there. Don't know if you two have any opinion on that or disagree. 
I mean, I think I think that game. I mean, as positive in some ways that it was. That game for us summed up our season in a way, didn't they? Like one 0 Morgan Whitaker, and a side that hadn't won away all season. I think a lot of people could have comfortably put their mortgage on that and said, "Right, the guess what's going to happen today." However, I did like the look of that Ronald. Oh, Ronald. His name is like I don't really want to pronounce it, but is it Ronald or Ronald? Because I feel like he's Brazilian and it needs to be Ronald. Because you just need to add a no one to the end one day, and we'll go with Ronald. I just think Jerry Ace needs to give up his number nine shirt, and we have an R nine Brazilian. <laughs> I think that's what we need. But there we are. That's just me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So as much as I just maybe put the fault for the goal to Ollie Cooper, it was nice to see him back on the pitch with him and Ronald slash Ronald. Correct us in the comments. I'm sure you all will anyway, because my pronunciation is suspect at best of times. But um. Nice to see a bit of attack on the wing. Ollie Cooper, I'm surprised, come into the squad, actually. But it was it's good to see. I hope that he can take that and push forward. I know he had um, a couple of good involvements in the game. But obviously, most of it did come down the right-hand side. And very exciting, very attacking, taking players on, running at defenders. Stuff I've been screaming out for so long, haven't had. Putting quality crosses into the box as well. And yeah, Jerry Yates definitely needs to do better with several of these. Um, and Jimmy Patterson, I think, needs to do better with one of his opportunities. He just skied over the bar, playing rugby, I think, for the Six Nations. Uh, but it was good to see, wasn't it? Like, good to see someone running at another team with pace and causing problems, Ben. Yeah, he's so intelligent with his runs in behind as well. First half, I was literally just watching him because he was on the side of the pitch where my seat is. Just watching him, how many times he ran in behind the back line and didn't receive the ball. Everyone was screaming. I think it was Cabango a lot of the time was having the ball at his feet and he wasn't releasing it. If you gave that ball to Grimes or Wood, Ronald or Ronald, as we'll say, he gets in behind so frequently. I was I was just waiting for him to sort of gas out. Like he, he can't keep making these runs, so you know, over and over and over again. He kept yeah. going into the second half as well. So his fitness. You're used to seeing Balassi. That's why you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> his fitness. I, I didn't know how much football he played this year, but I thought oh, I'll give him a month or so to get. No, I think he was he's ready now. He's, he's I think he was in the squad. Already. Yeah, I think he was playing in the team he was in in Portugal. But that was, that was you know one takeaway. Obviously, I think. A lot of creativity now is going to, we're going to be heavily reliant on Ronald. One interesting thing, Cooper looks like he's being tried as a left winger. He wasn't in the number 10 position. He was definitely a left winger in that game. Yeah, but Jamie Patterson, if his, if he's injured or his legs are gone, you'd imagine Cooper needs to step in there. Who else is there? Patino, I guess, but yeah, Cooper, I feel he's a more natural fit. But it was, I wouldn't really expect in Luke Williams to try, you know, push Ollie Cooper out wide. It could work over time. I, saw, I, I sort of knew as soon as I saw where he was playing, right, he's not going to be brilliant today. It's a new position for him. You know? Yeah. But uh, last one, I'd say Jerry Yates, he, he probably will start bagging some goals now, I reckon. Like, if he, he he's, he's having high-quality chances. Like, he needs one to go in, doesn't he? That's what yeah, he needs. He's, he's having high-quality chances. If he keeps getting those chances, he is going to score goals. It's just a matter of yeah. time. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jord? Oh, I, like I 100% agree with Yates. I feel like if he gets one goal, I would like to think that kickstarts before him. But in that game against Plymouth, it wasn't quite working out for him. And I, I got hounded a bit for this. But I said, you've got someone like Ronald now on the wing who's willing to whip those balls in. You've got a six foot four striker on the bench. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't, yeah. I don't really know what's happened with Kareyevich. Like, I. 
no, no, nobody will know. Like like Ben has said previously, like it, the only people that will know is those behind the scenes. But if he's fit enough for the squad, I would have thought like with half hour left, with things not going quite right for Yates, like so you got a player on the pitch who's whipping crosses in. Why not bring on a six foot four striker? Yeah. But that, that 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 was just my personal view on it. I'm just trying to think: is there something going on with Kurevic as well? But. I mean, he's on the bench week in week out, and you think if he was never going to get on or have a chance, like what's the point of that? Um, I don't really understand it. I know there's there was a lot of stuff going around about him, specifically deadline day and the day before deadline day, about. The, I, I guess like opinions on his his transfer in, and I guess people stating they no fees and agent fees and all this other stuff going on, and it was a waste and a bad decision. But I, I, I from what I've seen of him, I don't necessarily think he needs to be written off. Maybe the fee is high for what we've seen, yeah. but he haven't also had a chance, in my opinion, to justify the fee. How has he had the chance to... Ju- and it's easy to say that, oh, well, in training, you're obviously doing it. It's like, oh, yeah, I've had a lot of injuries and a long layoff with injury. But sometimes, some players just don't necessarily show it all in training. Strikers, this happens quite often. Whereas you put them in a match day and they just get you the the goals or the, the performances. I don't know if that will be the case with him or not. But we're never going to know if we don't try him. And if you've got a striker that was on the pitch right now, has a really not got confidence, isn't scoring new goals. The fans are on his back constantly. I don't see the harm in giving the other one, who isn't getting on the pitch at all, again, any minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, you're there. Like, I don't really, I really don't see the harm in that. I know Liam Cullen came on instead, but Liam Cullen's been playing a lot of the season not in the striker position. So if he's then going to come into that role, but also feature on the wings, what does that say to? Kuhirovic, like that doesn't fill you with confidence either, does it? I guess. No, I, I am gutted for him to be honest, because when he's played, he's looked fairly decent in the short amount of time he's had. Hasn't had a start, as far as I'm aware. Morecambe in the FA Cup, I was thinking, oh, you'll get at least sixty minutes there. He came on yeah. a little bit at the end. I'm like, well, mm. it, it's just a shame. Like across three managers, this is the thing now. If you're counting interim manager in between. He's had three different managers. No, I, I know he's had injuries, but no one's really given him a I think, proper. I don't think he back. really was there for uh, Sheehan. I think he was. He didn't come back from his injury until right at the end. Yeah, I think it's, well, we we spent well the reported fee is around like two million pounds we spent on him, and the one goal that he scored for us was a really good header yeah. at Millwall. And I think that's the frustrating thing because you've seen like a little glimpse of like what he is capable of, and now we've got wingers who are willing to whip crosses in all day. He's not playing. He's not yeah, playing. I just don't get why he don't come on in this game as a sub. I just don't understand it. I think he deserves a chance. And you say that the header, from what I've seen, you had people on Twitter saying how how amazing his finishing was in the warm up to the game on the weekend. Yeah. In the warm-up, he was banging the goals in with both feet, like proper clinical finishing. So he's, he's clearly got ability there. Now, applying that on a match day is something different, but you can only learn to do that when you're actually on the pitch. And the other thing is his touch. From what I saw early in the season when he was kind of coming off the bench before he got injured, sometimes his touch was quality, his first touch. Like he, he looked a bit... He's quite tall, isn't he? But he didn't necessarily yeah. present himself as 
what he looks like build-wise. He's got a little bit of pace about him as well, from what I saw. And I do feel like he's someone that we could utilise if we did try. Yeah, he's not a typical target man. He's actually that seems quite good striking from range as well. Yeah. He's not actually someone who wins a first ball, but I'm not sure that's a bad thing. But we're not a team that looks to win the first ball anyway, so this is what winds me up a bit. You spend this amount of money on him. He's a little bit, you know, he's a bit of a unique skill set. Yeah. Try and use it. At least give him a chance yeah. to show it. And all this talk about the fact that he hasn't shown anything to justify the money before even before us. So whatever he'd been before at Swansea. Like, why did we think that was the value is what I'm seeing all over Twitter. Like, people saying, whoever decided that fee was right for him is, like, what are they looking at? Well, do you know what? It's exactly the same for Joel Perot because he did absolutely nothing before he came to Swansea as well. And he yeah. cost, you know, he did cost a bit of a fee, didn't he, before we signed him? Over a million, I believe, for Perot. Yeah, a million potentially rising to it could have been. But I based think. on his history beforehand as well, he had done nothing as well. So... And 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 you got the famous tweet from John Van Zweden when he was saying that he was trash, basically. <laughs> but that's based on what he'd seen, based on his youth career and the loan spells that he had had, which suggested that he didn't really have much about him. And all of a sudden, he developed into this amazing player that's been quite profitable for us. But don't forget, Russell Martin didn't fancy him when he first walked through the door either. Just set shows that sometimes you need to give a player a chance. One thing I'd like to point out as well, though, I feel like all the years under Steve Cooper of just not signing anybody for a fee and only having loans, sort of like probably given the fan base an incorrect idea of how much money two million is nowadays. It really doesn't yeah. get you much. Like for us, no. two million is a lot of money. But go up to the Premier League, every you pretty much have to spend forty million pound to get like a top half quality player. Yeah, minimum. It, it's like two million pound nowadays. Yeah, we can't afford to spend that money recklessly, but. You, you're not going to sign a ready-made 15, 20 goal, you know, season striker for two mil. It, it, it don't yeah. happen. Yates even, he's, he's about in that 15 to 20 goal category. He was three million with um, somebody going the other way as well. Carl Joseph, but you can't so, say that we overpaid for Yates based on his goal return last we year. We underpaid for him. That was a good. That was a good deal for Yates. Like some of the fees that went around last summer. What was it? Uh, was it that? Um, was it Ellis or Ellis Sims? You went yeah. for eight million. You had, had half a half a season of form, eight million pounds. It's like and he can't. He's not doing that well for Coventry now either, is yeah. he? So, so like the two million thing. Oh yeah, it's too much money. Maybe a bit, but it's, it's, it's not much. It's not much more than what he was worth. Generally. And it's not many other options either yeah. for that sort of price. Um, like Jerry Yates, what was it? Three million. So, was he scored seven or eight goals this season so far? Yeah, he's still, he's our top goal uh, goal scorer still, right? Or joint? I feel like that's a, if you get to the end of the season and he gets to like what fourteen, it's not, it's bad not season, really that it? bad. And that's what he yeah. had last year, fourteen. Cool. Joel Perot getting twenty, yeah, in back to back seasons, we selling him for what fifteen million, whatever it was, there or thereabouts, and three million is what a fifth of that. So the goals isn't a fifth of the goals that Perot has given us. Perot probably offered more in other areas of the pitch, but. Jerry is his confidence is down, and that's where a lot of the issues are coming. In terms of like, there's a cross, throw yourself at it. Like maybe there was one in um, Birmingham that he definitely should have thrown his body at. It probably is a confidence thing. Maybe if he's just banged in in five games prior, he does throw himself for that ball. You see that all the time with strikers. I'm not trying to defend Jerry Yates necessarily because he should have done better in a lot of his chances, but he's probably going to be our main striker. I think he'll start putting chances in when he gets them, as we said, and. 
we should probably back him if we want to see him get that sort of returns as well. Um, I know we kind of already discussed on this with Yates, but we're going to be with him to the end of the season. So we want to get the best out of him. If he can start scoring week in, week out in the summer, we might not want to lose him. It's the thing as well, like on deadline day, he was like with Blackburn, wasn't he? Yeah. I think it was Blackburn. By me personally, I think that would have been a terrible idea because I think it would have been a loan, wouldn't it? Yeah, and they wanted to try and sell Kurevich as well, but what what would happen then? We just think Cullen and Lowe. Like, I like I I do rate Cullen. I think he should be given a new contract. That's me personally. I don't know whether. No, I agree. It's very obvious that Yates is going to be our main forward. So, I think there was one. I can't remember who it was against now, but it was quite recent where it was almost like an open goal and he hit the post. Um, I can't remember who it was, but a striker with confidence slides in for that. Yeah. And it's a well-taken goal. But you could see he was a little bit shaken, let's say. But yeah. like you said, it, I think with Yates, he's just going to need that one goal and hopefully he can start banging them in for us. He's, he's got that finishing. Yeah, he's done it at Blackpool. And the goal he scored against Morecambe, he shows he can finish, you know, he just... We'll see. We'll see if it works out for him. I don't think it's it's game over yet. And we've got to stick by him. We've got to... I, th- I think if he gets dropped now, like, next week, it's only going to make it worse, maybe. But then at the same time, you could argue it spurs him on to come off the bench and perform. Just not sure the right way to manage him, I guess. The idea of Luke Williams' system is you get a lot of chances for your strikers. So give him a couple of games. I'm sure he'll start putting them away. Yeah, I agree with that, 100%. Any more on any of that then, Ben, before you move on? No, I think we've covered it. Okay, brilliant. So we talked about Ronald being one of the wingers. We also saw a glimpse of uh, two other signings, our two other signings, I should say. In, let me get their names right now. I can't say his first names. If one of you can, please go for it. But Plachetta, of course, signed from Norwich, and we also had Charles Sago Junior. Is that correct? I believe so. I'm not going to attempt the first name. Yeah, I still got to learn probably it. Probably yeah, probably better than my prediction. So we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Plachetta uh, and uh, Sago Junior. So. I think they looked okay, to be fair. I mean, look, maybe we are a bit, um, sort of biased as a word, but we haven't had wingers for a long time. So just seeing that on the pitch is nice. So maybe we're yeah. skewed with what we're saying based on that. Uh, but I think they both, I think all three of them, obviously Ronald being the highlight, all three of them have added something to the squad that we didn't have before. And as much as the transfer window, we're going to talk in detail about that in a second, just finish on the Plymouth game. As much as a lot of people have not been happy with how January went, one fact of it is all the signings added something that we didn't have, and that's got to be a positive. And I think they've showed that. In, they've only played one game, it's early days, but they've definitely showed they've added something to the squad that we didn't have otherwise. Yeah, but also, like, maybe it's a controversial opinion for myself. Everyone was deflated with the window. It went better than what I thought we were going to get, honestly. Did I think we were going to sign three players? No. Did I think we were going to spend money on anyone? No. And now, particularly after seeing Ronald in particular play, I I don't think we're going to be pushing up the table, but I don't think we'll be going down this season. I think it may be a little bit exciting 
for a few months yeah. to build into the summer. It's probably better to do it now than it is at the start of a season when you then you write the season off. Maybe maybe we can hit the ground running next year, but that's getting ahead. But what do you think of the new signings, Jordan? I like the look of them. Obviously, Rona, like you said, is being the highlight. I had a look at the Norwich fans' comments about Plachetta, and they were they weren't pretty. But sometimes a new signing just needs a new surrounding. Were, were the comments about Whitaker pretty when he went to Plymouth? Well, this is it, isn't it? This is it. So I'm all for get well. I'm all for giving a new player a chance, always. But um, with this window, right, the thing for me, I, I do agree with Ben, right? It's not as deflating as a lot of people have said. But back in November, you had the board saying that they've got the next three windows planned. It didn't quite look like a window that had been planned, yeah. personally. All right, okay, like, like like we've just touched upon now, we were crying out for pace. Have we gone and got that? Yeah, 100%. But I can't help but feel we've neglected a couple of other key, key areas in the squad now. But granted as well, on the flip side of it, January is a hard window yeah. to do business. Even like loan deals, they're, they're, they're difficult to do in January. It's mid-season. Um, but I think the summer is going to be a really... Like, like this summer coming now has to be bigger than last summer. Yeah. For Luke Williams. And I kind of feel that also last summer has set us back a bit. Because if the figures are true in the amount of money that we spent on these players, and when you think about it, half of them are going back to their parent club anyway. I, I don't know what Paul Watson's data is, but I think it kind of does need to be looked at in the summer. And yeah, maybe. Go. Okay, we'll move on to the transfer window now. Then, um, I look. I'm not you to necessarily defend Paul Watson and defend the board, but I do like to put logic and a bit of a like perspective on it. Okay, so go back to last summer. I didn't see a single person on deadline day after all these players were signed moaning. As most the general narrative was, they were quite happy with what was brought in. It's easy to say after they haven't performed and played, it's not worked out. And we got it wrong. Okay. But at the time they were all brought in, the general narrative was quite decent around what we had done, the business we had done. Now, flip, go forward now to November, as you mentioned, the comments that were made then. Michael Duff was still manager, and he was playing a completely different game to maybe what we are now trying to sign for. Um, he obviously signed players as well in the summer for a wing-back system that at this point by November, we weren't even playing. We were playing with the four other back because he couldn't quite get the five to work and found success when he switched it. And then he gets sacked. Now they revert, and maybe this is the biggest issue, the fact that they've reverted to more of a Russell Martin style of football again, which is what they kind of binned off with their summer window. Now I acknowledge that is the biggest problem here. And whoever made that decision, yeah, it was the incorrect decision, but hindsight is wonderful, you know. Um, I don't think... Everyone is saying Michael Duff on on paper was never going to work. I don't agree. Because then you could say the same thing about Steve Cooper. Um, I just think it just didn't work this time. And you can't always get them right. And whatever, whoever made that decision can hold their hands up for whatever reason. And he didn't help himself as well with the stuff he was saying. It just didn't work, okay? And, and it ended. And they've reverted back. And they've perhaps admitted they got it wrong, okay? 
And if you're not happy with that, then I don't really know what you want because you're crying out for this style of football. They've gone back to it and he's still moaning about it, but whatever. So we're going to in January now and they might have been planning planning for these windows and these three windows in advance, but the style of football's changed again. So a lot of the targets might all of a sudden with a month's notice be different. You're right in what you're saying. January is very hard. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swans TV, grab your phone and order a mug delivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. To do business in and you often overpay if you get certain targets in in January, especially when teams know you're desperate in certain areas. They definitely up the price. We've seen that in the past many times. So I'm with Ben. I didn't expect much at all from January transfer window. I didn't really expect to add in areas that we kind of already added in in the summer. So the fact that we brought wingers in probably is what I was expecting, I think. That's what I've wanted for a long time. And they have brought pace and wingers in. And I guess what probably happened is Luke Williams was asked, where do you want to stretch? What's your priority for what you need right now to kind of get ticking? And he's probably said as a priority he wanted players in those positions, hence why we signed three of them. I saw a lot of people disappointed we didn't bring in a midfielder, but I don't think that was ever going to happen. And I saw people disappointed that we didn't bring in a striker. And when you signed Yates and uh, Kuerovic in the summer, again, and low, I don't necessarily think that was ever going to happen unless one of them left. If one of them left, maybe there was someone to come in. But if they didn't, I realistically couldn't see a striker coming through the door. So on the face of it, I'm not necessarily over the moon with the transfer window, but it's by far not the worst January transfer window we've had in recent years. I'd probably say it's a like average uh, 6 out of 10 or something, 5, 6 out of 10, depending on how the players fare, which obviously you can't necessarily comment until later on. But Ronald does seem to be a real find, but if you go on Twitter, that's an issue because he wasn't our first choice, you know? So, like, does it really matter? Like, there's <laughs> probably 100 names on the list. If he was third on that list, like, you're not going to get all your first-choice players, and you're definitely not going to get all your first-choice players in January. Um, but, yeah, a little bit of a half rant there, but I um, don't know what you make of what I just said. I just think it's context, you know? Speaking of a midfielder, though, does, it, does anyone know about this corner Baron is it, from Aberdeen? Uh, that just came out of nowhere, didn't it? I don't know how yeah. much I... I saw your tweet on that, actually. I kind of feel like you've got a point. Do you know I can't even remember the tweet now. <laughs> I can't even remember the tweet. I've, I've tweeted a couple of... <laughs> well, what do you think about him, then? What do you think of that speculation? I wanted a midfielder. Yeah. But he's he's a free agent in the summer. Yeah. And... I suppose when you look at it, it probably does make sense to hold on if he is going to be a free agent in the summer. 
because I think that's what we've done with Josh Key, didn't we? Like we were linked with him last January. And yeah, it's risky though, isn't it? If if if, um, oh, it's, it's if he's highly rated as well. Massive, massive. Correct me if I'm wrong. Can can I know you can't do it within the same like we can't speak to out of contract players early in the same league. Does it count for Scottish teams as well? I have no idea. I, I was going to say I'm not actually sure on that one. Because sure. abroad, obviously, it saves in Spain. We'd be able to discuss with him now to sign in the summer. You can't do it, for example, if there's a player out of contract in Plymouth. We're not allowed because they're in the same league, and I guess it's classed as tapping up. Um, I'm it just happens not sure. anyway, though, doesn't it? If we're being honest, maybe through agents and stuff, and under that's the, what agents are for. Yeah, yeah um, but there's always the risk that it can go to some sort of tribunal, isn't it, and stuff. When well, stuff that and. Happens. And there's the risk you miss out on the player. It's what we tried with Ogbeni from Rotherham, if you remember. And then, you know, yeah. in the Premier League wanted him. Well, that was never going to happen, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought, I maybe it wasn't you that tweeted it, but I thought it was you that tweeted it about um, his screams of a move of like, oh, look, we did try and sign a midfielder, but it didn't work last minute. Like, they did it last season with someone as well. Yeah, that it might was be Ogbeni. Like, I remember yeah. Porter with Jason Levine on it, yeah. Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the tweet. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you might have a point though, if, because this seems to be a bit of a theme. He came from nowhere that we were interested. Apparently, we put a bid in for him. Bid was rejected, and it was like, oh look, okay, we tried. Like, obviously, I'm not. I'm not saying um, that is the case. That, that's just my. Yeah, theory. yeah, I know, I know. You know, but um, that bar, and he was linked with Brentford, Celtic, and Rangers. I mean, most Scottish youngsters, if they're performing well, they. They do automatically pretty much get linked to Celtic or Rangers, don't they? But Brentford, Premier League side. Could be Brentford B. You don't know who they'll do. Yeah, well, no. It's a tricky I one. Mean, they're struggling in the Premier League at the moment, aren't they? So maybe, well, you also got to be careful. The future. Like, you know, when it's like players getting linked to contract or whatever, so many players now they'll get linked to like Brentford or they'll get linked to Brighton because agents think, oh, they are those two teams always buy intelligently let's link them yeah. to them make people yeah. want them yeah you just don't know what's true an agent talk and well, supposedly 95% of it's completely made up like there's no basis to it whatsoever yeah well what was that play we were linked with early in the window and we did put a bit in by all accounts but oh went, um, um Mundell. yeah there may have actually you... been something in that online if I, vital swansea i think was on about it yeah yeah he ended up at Sunderland, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. then I think it was because he went Sunderland, Sago Jr. We just had we had no competitors for him, I believe. So they were interested in him as yeah, well. Yeah, I think so. He went permanently, didn't he? Yeah, I think he went for two million in the end, and we supposedly bid five hundred k. So I wonder why that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit of a difference to the twenty five percent of his final sale price. Yeah. Well. Um, okay, so that's my take on the transfer window anyway. I think it's not as bad as what's been made out on social media, basically. Last year was horrendous. I don't know if you can put this in the same category. You signed three players in an area we didn't have any players. So that's immediately got to be better, you know? Uh, I, I just don't I don't get it sometimes. I do agree, though, Joel. We probably do need a midfielder. Just didn't think we were going to go out and get one now. Maybe in the summer. Yeah, I mean, um, Joe Allen's leaving on a free in the summer. So is Liam Walsh, um, Liam Walsh as well, probably. So that's two 
have, I think Liam Walsh on decent wages as well, man. So even if yeah. you end up with, you know. Didn't bother. When he plays, he justifies them. It's just he don't play. So Brilliant player. Just injury prone. It's a sad one. I like it Liam is. Walsh. Uh, we've had a few players over the years now. And we The, the ability is clearly there, but the reason they're a Swansea and they're not in you know, a better club is because they can't stay fit. Yeah. So, But like, he's apparently due back February sometime from what I've seen. So if him and Alan is there and you've got Grimes and Felton and Patino, uh, like you can see why maybe they don't, they're not rushing out to get midfielder right now. Like I understand that. Um, and Cooper can, can slot in too, you know, if, if, if that was necessary. Wingers, like that, everyone's raving about Ronald. Like look how much that's changed just what you see on the pitch all of a sudden. As much as we lost one at Plymouth, the general opinion was how well we played and probably should have gone more out of that game. So, And I think that's largely due to the attack provided by them areas. So it's got to be seen to me as, as so far, a good investment. Obviously, time will tell with the three of them. Um, but again, Ronald, he came in and people were disappointed because no one knew anything about him and didn't have the fanfare. And oh, apparently he, was our third, he wasn't our first choice, so... You know, he wasn't even the guy that we wanted. But he's come in and hit the ground running. Like, literally come in and hit the ground running. And what more can you ask, really, from for a, for a player? Out of all the players in the summer that we signed, would you say any of them had as big of an instant impact as what Ronald has had so far? Ooh. You'd be hard-pushed to say that, wouldn't you? I, I, I... Yeah. I mean, Rushworth started slow across yeah, the Yeah, I was going to say, he made a couple of mistakes in his first few games. I'd probably say wise. Sorry, John. Well, the closest, but who? Sorry, I, Josh Key is probably the closest to Ronald in terms of an instant impact. But yeah, Ronald's my favorite type of sign in mind. I like a sign in like I had no idea who he was. Yeah. No idea, but there's someone who can just come in and play the way he has so far. Like you can't fault it. Like, Sometimes be... it's better that no one knows who he is because they don't know how to defend against him. Well, it's yeah. particularly mad. He can't even speak English. Like, like he doesn't need to. English. Just give him the ball. <laughs> it's like Montero again, and he can't speak English. Just give him the ball. Give him the yeah. ball. How much do we pay for him in the end, Rono? Was it one and a half? Just over a million, it's like one point yeah. two or something like that. Was it? Yeah. There we are. You, you go to Leeds now, then in the summer for twelve. He does scream of Leeds, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> to be fair, right? If you sold him for twelve million in the summer, like you can't. But an eyelid of that, really. I'm not sure he's got the shooting boots for a 12 million pound move, though, based <laughs> yeah. on that one shot he took. <laughs> I went out for a throw. Okay, let's let's rate let's rate the business then, and we'll we'll discuss the few outgoings that we've had to, well, few, Brandon Cooper, um, and Balassi. <laughs> and who? Sorry, Ped. Oh yeah, Pedersen. He's actually listed yeah. just. Did Forgot you see about him. Show? And Choa on. There's a couple um, better. Who now? Sheffield Wednesday fan speaking about Pedersen on his debut. I have not day. seen. Uh, yeah, you're, you're going to have to go and have a look at them. <laughs> I didn't think he was that bad here, to be fair. I thought he played well when he played. I'm not going to lie. Clearly didn't save the system or what have you. But Maybe he's just there cruising mercenary style, though. You know, like He did okay yeah. when he was... He wasn't, he wasn't amazing. He just did a job when he was on the pitch, but then he was only on the pitch four times, so it's probably hard to not... <laughs> to, to be awful in four games as well maybe another Cardiff game is probably his low light so I guess that is pretty bad <laughs> to be anyway, fair the fans are spoken he'd be lucky to make four games apparently he was absolutely dreadful who did they play against Huddersfield wasn't it 
Uh, yeah, I think it was. Oh, okay, yeah, so it doesn't get now. easy. Well, not not that it gets. I'm not saying Huddersfield that bad, but there's a lot of teams that yeah, would be more difficult to play against. Yeah, they've yeah. been like Michael Duff as well, they? Are they? Huddersfield. Do you know what though? I could see him going there and actually doing well. That's the annoying thing. I I can see that 100. Some managers just don't suit certain clubs. And that's just no. the way it is. But and I, th- I think. Duff is a good manager. He had a good time at Barnsley. You know, we can't make that up. And I'm sure he'll show it again. And and we'll probably look back and be like, oh, why didn't you do that at us? But, you know, it's just the narrative and the context at the time. It just didn't suit the club, probably, and it is what it is. But, yeah, let's rate the transfer then. Ronald, then, rate him out of 10. Score 1 to 10. 8. 8 for Ronald. Yeah, I'll give him an 8. Only, only because of how little he's played so far. But yeah, yeah, we've got a luxury of seeing some performances from him, a lot more than the other two as well. And what we've seen has been very positive, so I agree. I'm going to go with eight as well. I just think breath of fresh air. Someone mentioned Montero. If he can bring that, that's amazing. Montero in his prime, putting Callum Chambers on the floor. And uh, <laughs> who else was it? Um, Ivanovic. Ivanovic, yeah. Quality memories, you know. That's that's what you want. Um, okay, Placetta. Six. I'm going to say five at the moment, only because I haven't really seen enough of him. So I'm just going to go like smack bang in the middle. Okay. I'd say six just because it's a free transfer, but he's a permanent with his contract and Norwich expiring in the summer. So there's a chance, you know, he does well here, wants to stay, pick him up on a free. Yeah. So by all accounts, from what I've seen, we essentially just took over the remainder of his contract. Yeah. 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 So he came to us on a free. And whatever deals he had at Norwich, we are just continuing to to kind of um, pay out for him. Now, I'm going to say, I'll say six as well, because that's probably quite low risk and in an area we need it. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, we haven't kind of tied ourselves down. And then on the other hand, if, if he doesn't, or if he does do really well, I'm wondering if there have been pre, pre-discussions about an extension or are we going to be looking at losing him to someone else? I struggle to see us losing us to, him to someone better like, just because he hasn't had the best time since leaving Poland, really, as he injuries but and what have you. he does still get called up for Poland, though, doesn't he? Does he? Well, he, he has done. Let me have a look when his last caps were. He had a really bad injury as well, didn't he, while he was at Birmingham, so he hasn't really he's had like, a chance to get on. Uh, yeah, he's like a year, yeah. wasn't he? But that six-month contract is something to play for. Isn't it? Like, if he wants to be here long term, yeah. he's gonna have to be well for it. So, what know. he is as well, and I don't know if he particularly showed it loads against Plymouth off the bench, but he is pace. He, he has got pace to burn. Wherever injuries has hampered him a little bit, and he doesn't have what he used to. Well, I remember when Norwich did sign him; it was, it was a lot of hype around that sign, and spent a good few million pound on. And there was one that looked like you know he could evolve into a better player yeah. as well. Well, he's still yeah. only 25 years old, so he's, you know, in the, the area of his career that he's still got time to go and push on, you know, a little bit. And he's made seven caps for Poland since 2020. So he's, he's maybe he's not regularly getting called up, but he's a name that is there. I guess if he's had injury, that would explain why the caps perhaps is only seven. When's um, his most recent appearance for them? I haven't got that right in front of me, but I'll try and find out in a second. He he featured in um, 
the 2019 and 21's Euros, but he made his, his debut in November 2020 for the senior team against Ukraine. Did I just think... Go on. I was only asking the question, if he played after Euros, like Euro 2020, because obviously it happened in 2021, didn't it? Uh, I don't know if he made the, the Poland squad. <laughs> I'm noting up these pages in Polish at the moment, so it's a bit difficult. <laughs> the last time he actually got on the pitch for them was in 2021. 2021. He was on so the when bench. When was his injury? Um, I swear his year-long injury was 2022 to 2023, wasn't it? So that would kind of add up then. Maybe he just hasn't forced his way back in since his injury. He got Last time he was in their squad, he got on the bench against the Netherlands in November 2022. Okay. In the Nations League. But didn't get on the pitch. Yeah, so, I mean, he obviously has not been in form. And that's why he's leaving Norwich. And that's why they're saying the things they're saying. But the fact that he's... He's deemed good enough to get seven caps. You know, he's obviously out of form now. Doesn't mean he can't get back to a position where he gets called up. You'd imagine if it's someone getting called up for Poland and they're playing in championship, they must be doing okay. One thing so, I will say, he looked very one-footed, man. Yeah. Doesn't look like he's got a weak foot on him at all. Obviously, he got into the box. I was like, okay, now open your body up, right foot, bottom corner. He just didn't do it. I was like, oh. So, which means he, he has got a weak foot. No, he hasn't. Well, he has He's one-footed, is what I think. Left foot looks fine, don't get me wrong, but he, he had a chance to open up his body, use his weak foot, which is his right foot. Yeah. Spotting in bottom corner, and he just didn't take the shot. Ah, right, okay. Well, we've had a few players like that over the years, haven't we? But uh, there we go. Um, so, Jury's still out, maybe, but I feel like it's low risk, isn't it? If it helps. Compared to what we had with Balassi, we'll talk about him in a minute. Charles Sago Jr. then, obviously on loan from Arsenal. What do we make of him? Five. Five? Yeah. yeah. I'll go with a five on that one as well. Straight down well, the middle then. <laughs> he looks fine. It's just you may as well give a chance to someone in the youth academy at this point. I don't see yeah. what we're gaining from a six-month loan for someone. like. Who who's on who's next on the uh, the pipeline in the wing areas in the academy? Obviously, Sam Parker comes through, picked up. Kyle Wilson, name. Does he play yeah. wide or forward most of the time? I thought he was on right wing. See, I, yeah, think, I think he's, he's interchangeable, right isn't he? Yeah, he's been on a bench a few times. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't get on against Morecambe. Have we sent him on loan? Oh no, it's Welsh League. It says Welsh League Cup, but I was obviously there at that tournament. Didn't yeah. They? Academy. I, I don't know. He, he's got like decent reviews from what I've heard. He's the same age as the boy we brought in on he loan. He scored quite there. a lot of goals in the, in the under twenty ones this season. He yeah. was he was he had a really good partnership with that um, the lad we had from DC. Yeah, which Christian one. Yeah, weird one that is. That's a weird. Yeah, one. that was odd. Obviously, he's departed. Um, not really much to say there other than the fact that it seemed like a weird one and I wish that maybe if he was banging the goals in I don't see the arm and us giving him a go in the first team but that never happened um, okay so ba- Yannick Balassi leaving then such, such a strange sign then <laughs> I two mean, as well when only two months he was a Duff signing wasn't he, was, was he yeah he, he played one game for Duff and then Duff got sacked. 
I'll say five. He did fine. He didn't do anything particularly wrong. It, 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 it hit him for me. He's like how I'll remember our summer window because like we you know, we signed one winger in Janelli, but you know the player was a striker. Let Whitaker go for a million. Then window ends. Then we bring in Balassi on a free and not be funny. His wages don't think they would have been cheap either. It's uh, it's a it's an odd one. It's hard to rank a signing like that because it was it was it was never yeah, so with the ones leaving rank like the, the decision to let him go. So what, Cooper? No, Balassi. no. So like with Balassi, like rather than ranking his impact when we signed him. Because he's uh-huh. left now, rank it as like right. This decision, the decision is made to let Yannick Balassi go. So how would you rank that? Eight. Yeah, I think I, I would say ten out of ten. I don't think he should have got a contract. We, we, we've just boarded three wingers, and we if we let him yeah. go and bring in anyone, then you're looking at it as like a bit of a bad decision to let him go. But the fact we've brought in three three wide players now, it's at least an eight to let yeah. him go. I agree. I think as we said in a podcast a couple of episodes ago. Um, you only keep him if there's nothing else coming in in that area because he gives you something. But if you get another other, other stuff in, then I think it's not worth keeping him because don't really think he did anything. He did one. He had one good game, and that was his debut where he was exciting, and then never ever replicated it. His last game at home, he looked sharp. Mind, I was surprised. He looked very sharp. But uh, well, maybe know. finally his fitness was coming, but it was too late. Yeah, quite possibly. And by all accounts. They were trying to discuss an extension. I'd imagine maybe I, I I'm suggesting if he's saying it was on high wages, maybe the club was like, Well, we paid you these wages for two months, but you haven't really shown that you're worth it. So you could stay, but less wages. And he probably didn't want to agree to that. That's what I think probably yeah, quite possibly. Happened. Yeah, you think if negotiations started, then there was a willingness from both sides to potentially, you know, yeah to extend the relationship, but yeah, obviously, couldn't have, couldn't have worked out financially. Brandon Cooper left on loan to Leighton Orient, which is a weird one because he got recalled or sent back either way. Um, when I saw the recall, the the press around Leighton Orient was saying he, restart, he started really well, got a stupid red card for an elbow, and after that, never really managed to get back into the team and looked a bit suspect and kind of fell out of favour. And also, the fans loved him, but after the stupid red card, they thought he got a bit not so good. So they weren't that disappointed when he got recalled. And then they went and signed him. Weird one. Like two weeks later. Was it, it was permanent though, right? Was it? Yeah, he's yeah. gone there now. He's, yeah. he's gone yeah. there. So what do you think of him leaving? What's your thought on him leaving your score? Jordan. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I, <clears throat> he was. I don't think he was ever really going to kick on here, was he? Um, now no, at this point. not now. So probably got to give it a minimum of an eight down you to let him go, and on a permanent deal as well. It's not another loan. Yeah. So am I going to go minimum of an eight? Yeah. I'll oh, yeah. seven. I'd, I'd say seven, particularly just because a couple injuries and he's struggling at the back, but. I mean, I've said before, I think when we recalled him from Newport, when he was on loan there, it was under Steve Cooper, we were going for promotion, that, that he came back to play there and he got injured and training for the rest of the season immediately. That was his chance, I think. He, he started the season under Russell Martin when he came in. Yeah, I, but you know what I mean. When he was at Newport, the uh, other championship clubs probably looking at him. He was playing really good yeah. football. He was having Wales shouts. So 
it hasn't happened for him since then. Yeah, disappointing. If he had managed to see out that full season at Newport, he was playing really well up in Newport. Yeah. It could have been a different story for him. I think 24, 24 years old, if he's not nailed into the team now, not even coming off the bench, making any minutes, I think it's the right move for him. But yeah, it's yeah. a sad one for us to see. He's someone there we go. Think, Hope he does well. He's someone who, like, you know, when he gets towards maybe like 30, he could creep back into the championship if he comes up with someone from League One. You never know. But yeah, he does seem had... to find a permanent home where he plays for a couple of seasons because he's never had consistent football. We've had loads of our old academy players that fall into that category. You know the ones that kind of never made it on a way up to the Premier League? Yeah. The likes of like Ryan Hedges and um, Di Connell, who were kind of went down and then they're at the yeah, later stage of their career and we're like, oh, he plays for them in a championship now. Yeah. Like, Dyke was down the Liberty uh, com not so long ago this season when he started for mine's gone blank with who he plays for now. Preston, is it? Preston, yeah, it might be. Um, but yeah, he started for him and I was like, oh, that's weird. But no, there's a few of them. Hedges is the annoying one. Because he's he's actually a very good player, and how we could do with someone like him, to be honest. Yeah, there's 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 another one as well. Plays with Wigan, another kind of winger forward player that we had that came back to the championship from back in the day in the academy. Not Guion Edwards. I don't know where he's at. Yeah, Guion. Yeah, that's what I'm on about. He was. But he was that's what him. I mean. A few of them. I'm pretty sure he was. What's that? Sorry. Guion Edwards, I'm pretty sure he's had Ipswich once upon a time as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he had a spell there. But there's just so many of them that never quite made it in our team on our way up. They went somewhere and we've come back across them recently at this level. Um, okay, Christian Pedersen on loan to Sheffield Wednesday on deadline day. I'd say probably a nine because apparently his wages are big, so we've done well to even find someone for him. That's, That's crazy that we signed him on big things. wages in the first place. Yeah, there's some strange decisions going on there. You do have to question. I, I can forgive transfer fees, but wages are the one I never, I, I can't look past. Cause you yeah, because we supposedly learned wrong people. You, you, you we don't. supposedly learned our mistakes from that. So they said anyway. In the when we got relegated in the first place, yeah, you wonder how people elevate themselves into positions where they're able to make these decisions in the first place if they're not capable of making them. Like you, you even like your armchair fan would sort of know basic maths you'd imagine in terms of right we need to keep the wage bill below this amount therefore the average amount should be this amount oh this guy's a rotation player he can't earn above average then yet do you know are. what it's quite hard to do that mind of football manager so if that's anything to go by then <laughs> I sympathise with them oh, uh, now, now though he probably suited Duff's football more than he did Luke yeah, Williams and injuries play. Yeah. injuries again another one that come in and Easy to say it didn't work, but you spent half the season injured. You can never anticipate that. Jordan? Same with Ben. I'm going to go nine. Okay. I think it's yeah, it's probably a decision if he's not going to feature. I I don't see him in a mode of passing football. I feel like he's with Ryan Bennett in this system. Like yeah. Ryan like as Ryan Bennett was to Russell Martin, he's kind of that. So yeah. if you're taking some of his wages off the bill for now, it's a good decision. Uh, Choa on then gone on loan to Herneven. I probably butchered that name. Ted, he needed to play. There was that—that's one where it's one for the future. But then he hasn't even had a minute all season. I feel bad for the guy. 
Something about left backs and not getting a minute in there. Yeah. And he's going back to a league that he knows as well. So it is a 10. It is a 10. Like Ben said, he absolutely needs minutes. And if he's not going to get them here, then you've got to send him elsewhere, haven't you? I just don't get it. We've been crying out for certain wing backs, you know. I know Timon's come in and done it right, but there's been some rotation happen. Bashir Humphreys has featured left back. I'm sure uh, Pedersen might have at some point, and I'm sure maybe one of the other two. Or they they started the season, both of them playing, didn't they? Key went to the left for, for a while. And you sign a left back, and as much as he's one for the future, you'd think there's been an opportunity where he could have gone on a pitch and he just hasn't. And the same happened with Ogbeta, so we've done it before. And now he's gone as well to Bolton. Yeah. Difference is that's a loan and he's out of contract in the summer, right? So we just accepted we couldn't get a fee for him. And he's gone. Yeah. But they must be covering wages. He scored on his debut as well, didn't he? Ogbeta. Yeah. Yeah, in the campaign, so. in the FA Cup. Um, so, yeah, Chot on Anog better leaving. Both of them are 22, funnily enough. Considering we signed Chot on for one for the future, but we signed Anog better for one for the future like two years ago, but they're both the same age. And apparently, both of them not good enough, or at least deemed to even get on the pitch. It's weird because Luke Williams was saying Anog better, he liked him, and there was that video of him in Balassi training. I know neither of them are you. <laughs> uh, and he was on the bench a couple of times. I thought maybe he was going to get on. You know, he was quite attacking, but there we go. Uh, better then, do you want to rate him the last one? I'd say six. I wanted to keep him around. I, 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 what's the point in loaning someone out to let him go on a free? It's pointless, in my opinion. His wages aren't going to be big. He came, I, I can't remember, yeah. remember where we signed him from. It wasn't, I think it was Shrewsbury for 300,000. Who's our cover on left back and out? Bashir Humphreys. Yeah. Weird one I for think, me. I think they even played Abdullah at one point, didn't they? A left back. Yeah, but he's injured a... again for like until March. Yeah. So six out of 10 maximum. I could even be attempted to say more like four or five, to be honest. It's got to be. Yeah. I think it's got to be quite low because ultimately. Maybe the decision's right based on what what he's done since he's been here. Like, he's not featured, so you think, yeah, good decision, move him on. But surely that the decision's got to reflect the fact that you signed him and did nothing with him. So it's a bad signing all round and bad stint of the club all round. But um, weird one. It, it, the fact that he, these players, like Ogbeta now, can drop down to League One or Choa On can go to the Eric Devizi. What's the standard difference in these leagues? I don't think Ogbeta going to Bolton. It's not a massive gulf for me for him to never get a minute at Swansea to then go and play regular football at Bolton. Well, I think he's probably capable of dropping down to one of the teams. I'll say dropping down the teams in the Championship. We're down there, I know. But, you know, he could get minutes in the Championship. Bolton, or he'll go, he'll play every week and he'll be in a team that's thriving, which I think is big for him. He deserves minutes actually enjoying himself playing for a team that's doing well but he'll be back in the championship he's only 22 yeah. the thing is you've seen that he has as well haven't you like when he's had that loan at Peterborough mm. when he's enjoying football he's actually not a bad player yeah and, he both could well go up and just take him on a free you'll be back yeah. down you playing against next and then season. it'll be another Morgan Whitaker situation where we're like what did we do what are we doing 
yeah, there we go. Um, that's the transfer window then. So big rebuild needed in the summer. I'm sure we'll discuss that towards the end of the season. There's a lot of players out of contract. There's a lot of loans ending. There was a, a list that was floating around. List. Yeah, but like, how much money does that cost to get that fixed? I mean, I think we'll end up with a few loans again. I don't think we're going to sell anyone to raise money, so it'll be a lot of free transfers, I imagine. It depends how creative we can be, I suppose. It's a, it's a difficult one. It'll be challenging. I think loans are... You, people have a lot to say about loan sign-ins, but when we have such a rebuild ahead of us... They're going to be necessary next year. You just need to make sure the permanent signings you make in next summer work so that the next summer after that, there can be a lower reliance on loans. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be necessary next year because you're not going to sign 15 players or whatever it's going to need to be. Maybe 15 is a bit too high, but (laughs) what was that? Sorry. It's a drastic number. <laughs> and, but, but what is it? It isn't too far off. If you've got 25 squad as an average, and you can add in some youth to bump the numbers up. But 25 non-youth players is what you can have. So, well, actually, I don't know if it is in the championship. It might be more. I know Premier League's 25. Um, I don't know how many we got after the season. I, I'll get the list for when we talk about it later in the season. But 15 wouldn't be too far off what we need. It might we be signed 15 like, just gone, right? Someone's 13, gone. it was just gone. 13. So if that in, that does include the ones that were ones for the future, doesn't it? Including the three in January, though. And the know. loans, it includes the loans. Yeah. So in reality, if you take the loans out, this, the, yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky situation. We're going to need loans, though. That's that's a reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, final word, then. Let's look at the table. We're currently sitting 17th now, 33 points. Lost the last three with a draw to Birmingham before that and a win before that as well. We lost to Plymouth, who were on the same points as us. They've gone up to 15th now on 36 points. We're only sitting five points above relegation, QPR on 28. I feel like the other two are gone, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham. Maybe that's a blessing for us that there's like what, four teams below us and then QPR. Uh, fighting for maybe one relegation spot there. Uh, you could probably add Millwall into the mix, who's sitting on 33 points with us, just better goal difference. Um, what are your thoughts and feelings going into this then? We've got Hull and Leeds as the next two games. Any concerns? No, honestly. I, I, I think we could well spring a surprise against one of them. I think people it's are right typical- off. I think people are writing us off because of the results, but the performances are picking up. It's only a matter of time yeah. before one of them turns into a win. Do you like your positivity? It's a typical Swansea City thing to do, though, and it has been over the years. Like we, we tend to not get the results where we, on paper, kind of should, but then we we'll go yeah. to the bigger, well, the better performing teams in the league, and we we'll get a win. Leeds will be more difficult because they're absolutely flying at the minute. Don't get me wrong. It'll yeah. be more. It'll come away with that with a draw, and you'd be happy, wouldn't you? But Hull, you know, was it three wins to two losses from the last five? Yeah. So yeah. Hull are kind of. Um, also, I've learned the fact about Hull. They've never won three matches in a row under the current manager. They've oh, won the last two matches. So we like to <laughs> <Yeah>. break records. <laughs> yeah. Plymouth have never won a, a, a away from home this season. Uh, home might be a. I, I do. You, I do. As you saw it, didn't you? As soon as you see the start, it's like, oh. Yeah. I do agree Go with on, Andy, but it, it, it is 
relegation battle at the moment. Like there's no there's no hiding away from that. But I I, I don't see us going down. You know, I, I do feel there's like at least one more team that is a little bit worse off than us. But to say yeah. that we involved in that, if you're going to include Millwall in the relegation battle, then surely we're in it as well. You mean, yeah, like, we are, we are. And you know what? It's all right for you two. You were on Talk Sport before the uh, Bournemouth game telling the world that we aren't in a relegation battle and we've got too much to go down when we were nine points clear of relegation at the time and we were just as close to playoffs. Situations changed since then <laughs> and I look like a mug right now, so we can't go down because I'll never live that down. <laughs> the but guy what? on the radio was literally like, oh, are you sure about that? I was like, nah, nah, I'm quite confident. I don't go get thumped 5-0 literally in the evening it went live. Yeah. So I was on the radio at 6 o'clock, two hours later, we're 5-0 down. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to leave yeah but um, that comment will leave like a fine wine now you have some which you know in the immediate vicinity afterwards feels like oh okay that's that's a bad opinion but give us some yeah time. uh but yeah you are right M- uh, millwall kind of struggling same as us uh one win and three defeats in the last five blackburn who are on free fall who have been on free fall for quite some time i believe the managers just left yeah and they are yeah, due to appoint john Ustis. By all accounts, from my my inside scoop is telling me, um, Birmingham. It's funny they're really, huh? It's funny that um they were doing so well before they got rid of Eustace. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to have turned a corner under Mowbray so far. Stoke again, same. I mean, Plymouth are ahead of them now, so I wonder what Schumacher's thinking of that decision. Huddersfield, they kind of been in the battle with the four at the bottom all season, so. I would expect they stay down there, but they, they haven't lost in the last four, to be fair to them. Yeah. So maybe they're the one that got a chance of sneaking away. QPR, yeah. again, look like they're picking up again. They had a period they picked up and then they dropped off massively, picking up again. Those two are the ones that are looking to bring the rest of us into it, I think. Um, you can't say Plymouth are really out of it either. I know they've just beaten us, but the reason, the reason they are ahead is because they've beaten us. They would be on 33 otherwise. Yeah. Ahead of them is Bristol on 38. I would say maybe they are okay. Nah, they got tra- ten point cushion. Championship mental. You never know. It, it's, it's they so... haven't won in five, so maybe they could get dragged down. Even Car, I, I, I don't think anyone. Cardiff like, on forty. Do you think? Like, honestly, even the teams like above forty, you're thinking, oh, okay, we're going for a playoff push. But then two weeks ago, you were like, we're close to playoffs and relegation. You could lose three in a row, and all of a sudden, you're looking over your shoulder. It's, it's what's just happened to us. Yeah. But what do you think is safety in terms of points? Because last season, right. last season it was forty-four. Was usually the twenty-second. If you get fifty, you, you're usually fine. I think I agree with you, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham are gone. Yeah, I think it's about QPR and Huddersfield. That they're both unbeaten in three or four games, so they get momentum just into a group of about like ten yeah. teams that are within six points of each other, and it stays that way right to the end. So QPR's next fixtures then, just so you know, they've got Norwich at home, mm. Stoke away, well, that's a massive game. Bristol City, Rotherham. So they got some winnable games in the next four there, and then they yeah. got Leicester. But there's four games they could realistically win, I think, for them, or at least if they get two wins in that, they're looking a lot better than they were. Um, Huddersfield... They have <clears throat> Southampton away, which is perhaps a 
good one for us. Um, then they got Sunderland at home. Sunderland are not doing that well at the moment under their new manager. They're kind of on a bit of a rut as well. Their fans are really not happy with that appointment. Um, Hull, Watford and Leeds. So they actually, Huddersfield's next five games on contrast to QPR's, I would perhaps expect them to swap positions as a minimum over the course of the next couple of games. We obviously have a difficult run as well. Starting with Hull. Can you see anything coming home? You predict no because of the talent they've just got at the minute, mental. But Their signings have been crazy. They've been brilliant. Brilliant signings. Hull, Swansea are always like quite fun games of football. I think there'll be a few goals in it regardless. But Yeah, ask Marky here about them. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're more likely to get something off Hull than Leeds, aren't you? Is the truth of it. So... Yeah, I, I'm optimistic something could come of the whole game, to be honest. I, 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 don't, I don't know why, other than just eventually you, you, you do a bit of luck if you keep performing well. But Hull are going to play with an extremely high press and they're going to play out from the back in a similar vein to what we want to do. So high press could cause us difficulties. Oh, I don't disagree with that. It'll be end-to-end, though, is what I think it could end up being. And then it's, Maybe. you get a bit of luck, falls yeah. your way. Mm. Cyrus Christie comes off the bench and scores. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> no, he's only just come back from injury by all accounts. He's, uh, he, since he got crocked, he'll be the same player, so he probably won't get on the pitch. Um, but they've signed some crazy talent. Ryan Giles, uh, Carvalho from Liverpool. Like it's just even Philogene in the summer, they just have no yeah. right signing all of this quality in one year. Like I just, I don't know, their accounts got leaked, which looked a bit concerning. But when I was speaking to their fans yesterday on our preview video and their preview video, they didn't seem that bothered by it, they didn't think it was that much of a problem. So, well, we'll see if they don't go then. up and yeah, see what happens then. But Financial fair play is massive at the moment, isn't it? So it will be interesting to see the results. That's yeah, one thing we can't say that we fall foul of. Yeah, but even then, we're not doing protect. We're not well clear of it. Well, that way, I think wage bills are the biggest thing for the entire league. Yeah. is unsustainable. But the I think every team struggles, but we don't take the risks that puts us over the edge. Yeah, that's true. I guess the issue is with the wage bill. If we don't conform and keep up with you know the people with us, then you end up in League One. Well, that's not much. You don't get much of a reward. It sends a good feeling that you follow the rules, then, do you? No. No. Okay. Any final words? Let's hope we find ever win next time we're on. <laughs> Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> Just heck, what Penn's head there. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back to the podcast, Jordan. I'm sure you'll come again where there'll be more positive uh, results to discuss. In the future, I remember when you first started coming on, and we were in the playoffs. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I think one of the first things I said was Jay Falcon top ins. Yeah, that was one of them. And, See, now and, of... and that's why what? we need to have faith. Got to have faith. Got to have faith. But no, it's, it's always a pleasure to jump on the podcast. Always a pleasure. We'll have you back on soon. And thanks, Ben, again for coming back. Um, always a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, good luck for with your everything that's going on in uni. I know you're working very hard, so I appreciate your time. Thank you. (laughs)
I'm sure you'll smash it. But as as always then, everyone, let us know in the comments what you thought about everything we discussed today. Give us your ratings and thoughts on all the transfers, well, the three transfers that we brought into the club in January. Are you happy with it? Do you expect more? Um, are you disappointed with who we brought in? Let us know your thoughts. Leave a like on the video as always, and we shall catch you in the next episode. Thanks from all of us. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.